Hey everyone, and welcome to the South Carolina Grower Exchange Podcast. Every week, agents, specialists, and growers from around the state chat about what's happening in the field and discuss the latest crop weather, insect, disease, and weed issues, as well as timely reminders and information related to fruit and vegetable production in South Carolina. Remember, you can read weekly field updates and register for upcoming events by visiting the SC Grower blog at sccrower.com. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in with us today um, for this episode of the South Carolina Grower Exchange. We've got several agents on today, so we're just going to give a little bit of a field update for you. A couple things to remind you about. Check out the South Carolina Grower blog to keep up with any of our upcoming events. We do have a field day at Coastal Rec next week, and the information on how to RSVP is on the on the upcoming events section of the blog, so make sure to check that out. And again, if you're not already subscribed to receive that blog, make sure you do that. You get a weekly update of what's happening out in the field. And also there is, a again, an upcoming events page so you can keep up with any classes or trainings or field days or anything like that that we have coming up. So we will just jump into some field updates for you. I'm sure most everybody will talk about today. Um, we had some cold temperatures last week. I know in Aiken and Edgefield area, we got down to 28 one night. So three nights in a row, we had below freezing temperatures. Um, two of those nights definitely were in the 20s. So all of our late summer crops, all of our squash, tomatoes, things like that are done. Um, the fields are melted. <laughs> and so we're moving on to focus on um, just keeping our strawberries looking healthy. We're done planting right now. So we're just working on getting everything established. And I've gotten some growers who um, have already covered. They covered um, their plants right before we had that that cold freeze just to kind of trial it out on a smaller section of their field. So we'll keep an eye on, on how that's doing. We do have some pretty warm temperatures predicted for this week. So definitely be watching that to see what's happening under those covers. Um, we're also doing lots of field prep right now. Uh, our new peach tree orchard plantings will go in this winter. So right now is the time that um, everybody is treating their soil and um, doing any kind of raking and bedding that they might do for those plantings. So still a busy time, even though we don't have a lot of crops left out there right now. Our brassicas are looking pretty good. I put in my um, update this week that I have seen kind of an uptick in cabbage aphids. Um, so something to keep an eye out, this fluctuation in warm versus cold weather. Um, it is always a good time to do some extra scouting because both cold and heat bring different issues. Um, but 
one thing to keep in mind is those weedy brassicas, like the wild mustard and things can really harbor a lot of those insect pest populations. So make sure that you're keeping those in check in your field and also along the borders. All right, Rob, what's uh, what's happening in your area this week? Yeah, morning. So yes, as you as you mentioned, we did end up with three nights of very cut of freezing temperatures. That's done some quite significant damage to tomatoes and the more sensitive crops. Further damage to any other crops may become apparent as we go forward. And I am picking up a little bit of purpling to the older leaves of brassica crops. Typically, that's related to phosphorus uptake. And as temperatures drop, phosphorus uptake tends to decline. I don't recommend going out and putting on additional phosphorus onto those fields because as soon as the temperatures recover, as they are doing and forecast to do over the next week, that purpling will, will the uptake will go will increase, allowing for that purpling to reduce. Pest-wise, we're looking pretty good. We are seeing low numbers of diamondback moth in the area. And as you mentioned as well, Sarah, a few cabbage aphids. So it's going to be really important to keep, keep scouting those crops closely. Um, because as temperatures change, that's going to have an impact. Even where frost or freeze damage has been minimal, that may have delaminated the leaves, taking away some of that leaf protection, which could increase the incidence of bacterial and fungal pathogens coming into those leaves. So keep scouting to keep that going. One benefit that we do have is that it has been dry. So that's going to certainly help with, pathogen, with pathogens coming through. Um, strawberries in the area are looking very good. Um, any bare root plants are now putting out their second and third true leaves and developing quite nicely. So I think all in all, things are looking pretty good, but monitoring and scouting is going to be the order of the day. All right, great. Thanks, Ron. Uh, Philip, how about what's happening in your area? Well, much like Rob said with his area, we are <clears throat> along the same lines. We've been very dry. Now, we could use a, a good shower here in the Midlands um, in Orangeburg and Calhoun. Uh, strawberries are coming along nicely. They've been in the ground now for almost three weeks. Uh, I am seeing in our strawberry fields um, early onset uh, root dieback from Phytophthora uh, from transplants, from bare roots and cutoff. Um, which is being a little bit problematic with establishment. Um, so they're, they've been a little slower than usual. Our leafy greens are looking fantastic um, with little to no disease issues other than a scattered patch of black rot here or there. Um, insect pests have been fairly minimal, uh, all things considered. We are seeing, or I am seeing larger upticks or or numbers of uh, looper and um, yellow stripe armyworm, uh, which is a little bit unusual for us this time of year. Usually it's diamondback that's cleaning our clock right now. Um, with those cooler or with those freezing temperatures, like Sarah said, our our spring and summer crops are completely fried, which is kind of nice to be honest. It, <laughs> Less less work on our grow on my growers uh, trying to keep up with that demand, um, and peaches. Everybody's still doing what Sarah's doing, prepping fields for new plantings, ripping out old orchards. Um, hopefully, we see a uh, 
an acreage increase in Lynchburg County this year, but I'm monitoring that. All right, thanks, Philip. Justin, what kind of update do you have to share with us this morning? Hey, Sarah. Well, uh, two quick things. Uh, first of all, we've got that cold tolerance uh, and citrus trial going at the Sand Hill Rec that we planted this past spring. Uh, so it's a little bit exciting for that trial that we finally got some cold temperatures now. Um, at the weather station there at Sand Hill, we logged 30.7 degrees on November 2nd. And on November 3rd, 31.1. So those trees are starting to get the work out that we wanna see them get. Uh, so hopefully in the spring, uh, we'll have, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll have something to report on uh, the cold tolerance of those varieties. Uh, the other thing I'll talk about really briefly, um, diamondback moths. Uh, so Rob and Tom Bilbo and I were comparing some notes this morning. And while Rob and I haven't seen much here in the Midlands, uh, Tom is reporting a pretty drastic increase in populations down in Charleston. Um, so we might not be out of the clear yet for the fall. Um, so keep scouting, keep an eye on those. Um, that gives me a little hope that I may end up finishing a trial that I was already starting to think I'd have to repeat in the spring. Um, and Tom thinks that this increase in population might be due to uh, beneficial insects. Um, he's saying that he thinks uh, some of the uh, parasitoids and other beneficials may have died out a little bit uh, in the late summer, early fall. And so that's giving the diamondback moths the ability to come back kind of unchecked. Uh, so keeping an eye on that, um, keep scouting your fields and stay on top of that as we Hopefully won't see another big increase, but uh, they're seeing it in Charleston, so we might see it here. So keep an eye out. That's about it for me. Oh, I did want to say I enjoyed seeing uh, uh, Gus and Ophelia's bumblebee costumes last week. Those were good. <laughs> I'm, I'm so jealous of Zach's cute little family picture where all four of them are like, at least in the photo uh but i am i am past the point of trying to get a family photo of all of us at once and gus couldn't be in the photo with everybody else because we were at a public event and um we can't take we can't take gus bus out in public because he bites <laughs> he's not he sweet like ricky and thomas well ricky's only sweet at home if you get him around another dog, he might sting also. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ha Halloween was Halloween was fun. All right. Thanks for your update, Justin. And thanks, everybody, for being on this morning and for sharing what's happening. Appreciate everybody listening. Make sure to tune in for the next episode. We're missing Zach this morning, but we'll make sure that Zach is back for the next episode with his dad joke of the week. I know everybody's going to be really disappointed that they missed out on that today. Nobody else volunteered to fill in for him, though. All right. Thanks, everybody.